I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester. And Av, if you didn't have syphilis, we wouldn't be podcasting together. And I'm Av Sedensky. And Alex, I hope you get Lyme disease. Welcome back to Pretty Good Friends, a friends podcast between pretty good friends. We are here today to discuss season one, episode nine, the one where Underdog gets away, which originally aired on November 17th, 1994. And Ava, I got to admit, you said um, when I think at the end of last week's recording, I said, I don't remember anything about this, this episode. And you said, well, you know, you'll watch it for, uh, you know, for a few seconds and you'll immediately remember. And I had no idea. Um, even when they mentioned underdog several times, I guess, because I had no idea who, I mean, I didn't know who underdog was. I don't know. I didn't know the character. I didn't know the balloon. Apparently the balloon, um, stopped existing 10 years before this episode. So maybe that's part of it. Like it, it ceased to exist in 1984 when we were one years old. Um, yeah, it's weird that they chose. Why not choose Woody Woodpecker? I guess you can't copy Seinfeld, but you know, there's so many other characters. Yeah. There's so many other characters out there. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say that underdog necessarily is the biggest, uh, the biggest character, one that I particularly care about. Yeah, uh, he um, literally didn't exist for ten years before this episode was made, so they yeah. could have just picked an active one. Yeah, no, I was never much of a big underdog uh, fan. Um, but yeah, no, I, I guess I kind of assumed that once you realized it was in a Thanksgiving Day uh, episode, that your your memory would click in. Because to me, this is pretty iconic. The the underdog getting away of it all. Oh, I mean, I also honestly, I hate the name of the episode because Underdog is barely a part of the story at all. Like Woody Woodpecker, we see much more of on Seinfeld, right? <laughs> we see Mr. Pitt struggling. Um, you know, He's... I, I, I would have, I would have gone with, and I was trying to come up with possible names. Uh, my options are the one where Ross talks to a fetus, mm-hmm. the one with Monica's first Thanksgiving, especially since Thanksgiving episodes become like big annual events. Mm-hmm. The Underdog is is such like a sea story throwaway. I was confused by the title of this episode. Uh, yeah, but I mean, from their vantage point, that's a pretty big deal that this happens. Like, this is pretty iconic stuff. Who's from? Who's theirs? From the character's perspective, that they they climb to the roof to watch the underdog balloon get shot out of the sky. Yeah, I guess so. Um, that's pretty see, memorable. I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what was what was that thing with the balloon a couple of years ago? Like on Twitter with some kid with his dad. Well, that was a bunch of years ago. There, this year, there was the Chinese balloon that. Uh, yeah, not even this year. That was, that was last year, right? That was, yeah. I think it was this year. Um, no, but what you're referring to is like many years ago. Um, but like the kid wasn't really in the balloon. Yeah, it was, it was, it was stick. No, there was like this balloon was, that yeah. took off and it was like, yeah. uh, you know, everyone was like following it for hours and then it landed and there was nobody in it. And the kid mm-hmm. was like, hiding. did the father get in trouble or something? I think then they, it, my recollection is that they've then eventually concluded that like it was all shtick, like the parents were in on it. He wasn't even like they they knew all along. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. isn't that why they should get in trouble? Because um, they, you would think they would, you know, didn't I don't they know. like you know use public funds for like a, a false uh, rescue? Um, I guess balloon kid. Yeah, that's why people turned into this podcast today. Let's see, balloon kid is a flying platinum. Balloon yeah. boy hoax. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, he's a balloon okay. boy, not a balloon kid. Oh, yes. More like a bubble boy. Mm, yeah. um, October 15th, 2009. So, yeah, it's a long time ago. Um, okay, let's see. Did they get in trouble? Incidents. Investigation. Guilty plea. Uh, both parents intended to plead guilty to the child's charge against them, uh, for which the prosecutor would recommend probation. Okay. So, good. Sounds like they really learned their lesson. <laughs> they haven't done any bubble boy stick sets, have they? Well, maybe they got away with it. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> All right. On that note, should we jump into the episode? Yeah, we should. Uh, the one where Underdog gets away. Uh, written by Jeff Greenstein and Jeff Strauss. Directed by James Burroughs. Again. The episode aired on November 17th, 1994, and was seen by 23.1 million people. We start off, as we often do, in Central Park, where Rachel is going to pay a visit to her boss, Terry. Mm. Terry, of course, will be a very uh, well-known recurring character (laughs) on Central Park as the owner of Central Park. Yeah, well, just wait till we meet Gunther. He'll, He'll throw Terry out. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I guess I'm. I would say I'm surprised that we don't have Gunther yet. I mean, well, my, we've seen him in the background. He's there. I don't know if we've seen him. He's uncredited. Have you seen him? I saw. I saw him in this episode. Yes. Okay. Fine. Yes. 
Um, so I don't know when he yeah, actually yeah, shows Gunther up. Gunther is in the building. Okay. Um, so is Terry. Terry, of course, is the owner. And Rachel wants to know if she can have an advance on her salary because she needs the money to go to Vale to be with her family for Thanksgiving. And mm-hmm. she explains that, you know, her father used to pay for stuff like this. Oh, by the way, um, yeah. just to interrupt, we've seen Gunther. All, he was in episode two, even the one with the sonogram at the end. That's his first appearance. Is he in it or is he credited? And it says uncredited. No, he appears in the episode. We see him on the screen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If, you, if you insist, I believe you. Yeah. but um, Well, this is according so, to the Friends uh, uh, fandom. Okay. Page. Um, and, you know, she explains that she's doing this whole independence kick. And that's why she has this job, which she puts in quotes. That was a very smart thing to tell your boss. Um, and Terry's reply is basically, but you're a terrible waitress. So, like, why should I give you money in advance? I barely want to give you money at all, given how horrible you are. Yeah. And she's is- like, she's like point taken, but, like, I think I'm doing a lot better. I'm definitely trying hard. And she's like, look. Watch me do my job. Mm. Who needs coffee? And like dozens of people <laughs> raise their hands. So uh, yeah, points not proven or point proven by Terry. I would say. And by the way, all this scene reminded me of is which I had never thought of ever while watching Friends is like New York coffee shops don't have waitresses, right? You order at the counter and then you go sit down. Um, I mean, I'm sure there are some, but it's it's quite unusual. I feel like even at like fancier ones. Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably plenty of coffee shops where there's waitresses. Or waiters. Um, All right. My my bigger issue, of course, is that Rachel needs only and exactly $100 to go to bail. That's the exact amount of money she needs. Well, that's how much. Well, first of all, I think it's $98.50. I didn't hear $100. No, it starts at $100. Then she gets, because the tip, she goes to $98.50, but then she breaks the coffee cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll go back to $102. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, that's. I don't think that's all the money she needs. That just might be how much No, she makes the specific point repeatedly. She needs exactly $100. That's how much she needs. All right. So that's how much you start. I mean, I just don't understand. Like, you know, leaving it, like, leaving aside the fact that Bale's, like, is this for, like, the plane ticket? I, guess I assume it's for the plane ticket. I assume that, okay. like, they're covering her once she's there, right? Well, like I mean, they could cover her to get there also, but she's choosing to wait. Yeah, the I understand, so. but I think yeah. that's what they're making a point of. Like, I don't think once she gets there, they're going to be like, well, if you want food, you know, you got to get food. Like, you yeah. know, they're still like, she's still going to be there, like, as part of the family, I think. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, I think they're trying to, like, you know, make yeah. a point I, of I her. Of, like, you want to be on your own, you'll be on your own to yeah. get there. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, she also asks, you know, the a uh, patron. If she can get her tips in advance, you yes. uh, you make the patrons pay at the, at the beginning of the month. So that's kind of like an advance. Hmm. I guess so. Uh, but Patreon doesn't pay us until the end of the month. Oh, so I mean, Patreon's so running a nice little racket over here. Yeah, they're, they're the nice evil employer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Monica comes in and lets Ross know that the Gellers are going to be in Puerto Rico for Thanksgiving. So they're going to be on their own. And Ross is just like completely in denial. He's like, no, no, they're not. Like, I would have known. And Monica's like, but like, I just spoke to mom like 10 seconds ago. And she told me, but like, Ross is still not having it. He has to go, you know, corroborate. Now, now, what what date do we think this is? Like, how soon before Thanksgiving are these conversations happening? Um, this feels like a couple days. You you're, A couple days? You're saying week of? Yeah, I think this is week of. Oh, to me, I was saying it's a week. I was assuming it's about when the episode aired, which is the Thursday a week before. And even a week before, I'm like, that's unrealistic. No, I don't think a week passes in the course of this episode. So Ross and I mean, because Ross's reaction implies that he speaks to his parents like multiple times. Like, I don't know. It just. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I just I think that this is taking them by surprise because it's like kind of last minute. Yeah. Well, that yes. But yes, I agree with you. Okay. Um, so then we get Joey come in and he is clad in makeup, uh, which everybody notices. Um, and we find out that he has scored a new modeling role working for the city's free clinic. He's hoping for Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe with some gonorrhea in his future. Yeah. And obviously like, you know, the, the, the struggling actor trying to get a good disease is right out of Seinfeld with Kramer and Mickey. I am obliged to acknowledge that. So. When was, when was that? relative to this oh when was that episode mm-hmm. I, I didn't even look it up this time i, oh. I assume i oh, assumed it was older now yes, you're I'm, assuming theft i'm just an anti-friendite bigot bigot yeah that's in the burning yeah yeah no it's four years later you're an idiot 98 oh wow side <laughs> continues to rip off friends <laughs> 
my deepest apologies to all, everyone behind the, the show. Well, the only possible explanation is that Kaufman and Crane must have had a time machine. Yes. <laughs> and they, which they took to March 20th, yes. 1998. So they can see this episode, come back in double time and, triple and down. subtly steal yes. it. Yes. That's, that, that's the only possible explanation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Seinfeld stealing it from Joey. Joey's ahead of the curve here. Joey's very ahead of the curve, which I guess doesn't make sense because Joey's an actor from day one, whereas Kramer is uh, quite a dilettante in the act. Yeah. Like so. Um, yeah. So Ross comes back. He's like, okay, your your story checks out. Um, but Monica, you know, he she's you know she rises to the occasion. She's like, don't worry, Ross. Like, I'll make uh, Thanksgiving for us. It's gonna be just like Mom's, um, which we find out includes mashed potatoes with lumps, even yeah. though they're not supposed to have lumps. And it is know. weird also that like Ross knows that his sister is. I'm sure he knows that she's a much better cook than the mom. But yeah, I guess Thanksgiving is about nostalgia more than a quality food. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So by the way, Chandler with this like very awkward man woman joke, which again, yeah. it just it seems weird that he keeps making trans jokes like given like his dad. But again, I guess the show just or his his uh, the show has not yet decided to uh, acknowledge that. Or, yeah, or I, that. I mean, I guess I'll defer to someone smarter, but I wouldn't characterize necessarily what he's saying as a trans joke is more yeah. just like an effeminate joke. Yeah, but it, but it, it's the kind of joke that in the later seasons, he always references his dad when making. Right, it. right. Yeah, I think it's just much like more any, someone any, who's any not. Sort of, yes, any man will genderized joke Chandler will like jump to like make a reference to his dad in future seasons yeah no yeah i think yeah yeah. i think it's just much more he's like you know he's just very insecure about his masculinity well last episode yeah certainly we discovered that um he has that quality yeah um so joey's going home chandler's still boycotting all pilgrim holidays Mm -hmm. uh leaving only phoebe to join them which uh she doesn't realize at first until uh monica has to spell it out for her that since she's celebrating uh thanksgiving in december this year she's available for the one in november yeah i'm surprised phoebe celebrates thanksgiving um yeah i feel like she only does don't because her grandmother does so she's and just, given like, her future canadian husband she should be celebrating in october not december yeah uh rachel still aiming for veil shoop 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 i don't know i only went skiing once oh, it, didn't, no. it definitely didn't make that noise mostly yeah. it made no noise <laughs> yeah. and then i cr- fell a lot <laughs> Um, so yeah, so she's, she's the, her tally now is back up to one Oh two, as you said, and Ross is heading over to Carol's, uh, Phoebe thinks, uh, it would be great to invite her. Phoebe's mm-hmm. always very pro Carol. We've seen so yes. far, um, but Ross, Ross is, uh, less so into having the whole ex-wife with her mm-hmm. ooh, ooh, lesbian life partner Yeah, with them for the holiday. Um, so yeah, so he does arrive at Carol's and Carol is not there. So it's just Susan and Ross. You think Susan, like the fact that they named them Susan and Ross is also ripping off Seinfeld? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Susan Ross. It's not just coincidence that they (laughs) named the two characters those names. Yeah. They don't Um, just name a character off. Come on. Yes. 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 So he's looking around the apartment for his skull. He observes that they seem to have a lot of books about being a lesbian which uh, Susan explains as well, you know, they don't let you do it unless you finish taking the course, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is a pretty good line. (laughs) Um, And he sees the classic children's book, Yertle the Turtle, which I'm not familiar with. I don't know if you are. I've heard of it, but we don't own it. Yeah. And Susan explains that she's been reading to the baby, so the baby will get to know her voice. And Ross acts like this is the craziest yeah. <laughs> thing he has ever heard in yes. his life. It's it's Ross's reaction here and throughout the episode that he, you know, that he doesn't, uh, quote, believe that a fetus. It's very strange to me. Yeah, I mean, it's like I agree that like the, the, the fetus isn't hearing you. But like to act like this isn't like a very common thing that people that are having babies do. Oh, well, I, <laughs> I studies have shown the opposite. That they're now. I'm not saying that the baby's going to differentiate between Yertle the turtle, but like babies absolutely recognize the voice of their mother in particular um, while in utero. Yeah. So, f- f- and, so first of all, Susan's out of luck. Well, the point is because the mother's voice is the one they hear most frequently. But Fine. if others speak, yeah, I mean, there, I think there's, uh, you know, I'm not going to start, uh, you know, going to PubMed right now, but I think there's pretty clear evidence that um, th- there's there's beneficial there's benefits to um, uh, communicating with your fetus, but. Um, yeah whatever um but yeah the the marginal benefit i'm sure is so small (laughs) that like if you smoke one cigarette while pregnant that's probably worse 
leaving all that aside, the crazy part is that Ross has never even heard it. Like right. this concept yeah. is impossible for him. Yes. Yeah. That, that, that's more where I was going with it. Yes. Is that like, yes. right. It's like he acts like these are, these are like the first people in the world yes. to be trying. It's probably part of like their weird lesbian cults. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, like is this one of these books that you read they also say to do this like you know like this is like a normal thing that people do even if fine you say it yorks other people might say it doesn't but uh, you know it's common but um he's not very pleased to find out that when they talk about him they refer to him only as bobo the sperm guy mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how you refer to me i hear yes <laughs> all right by the way um so obviously there's a million pregnancy and motherhood websites a- a- advocating for these behaviors right that doesn't prove anything. Yes, of course. So, but I, I, I wanted to go to the actual, um, like, uh, peer review journals. Okay. And the first hit, and there may be others, but the first hit is fetal behavioral responses to paternal voice and touch. Okay. And here is the summary. Although there is data on the spontaneous behavioral repertoire of the fetus, studies on their behavioral responses to external stimulation are scarce. So maybe point for off. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, no. Oh, wait. Actually, oh, wait. I, mis- uh, uh, oh. I, I, I misunderstood that. Let me read the conclusion. In summary, the results from the study suggest that fetuses selectively respond to external stimulation earlier than previously reported and that fetuses actively regulate their behavior as a response to external stimulation and that fetal... Ma- okay, so I totally misunderstood. No, they're actually saying uh, the opposite, <laughs> that fetuses can hear the people talking to them even earlier. So maybe that you have sex, immediately start talking <laughs> into the womb just in case you have a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right um shall i click the next link uh, cited by 650 that sounds good um uh, let me sc- scroll down to the conclusion i like the conclusions better oh wait, here we only have an abstract well alex looks for that oh, okay yeah okay this is boring sorry anyway <laughs> let's uh let's underdog yeah. underdog <laughs> So what is Underdog? I honestly don't know anything about it. Uh, he's like a Superman parody. He's from like the 60s, I think. 60s, 50s. Let's see. Oh, an Underdog is a person who is not likely to win. Oh, I, see I don't that, think okay. that's what you meant. Um, when is it from? 1964 to 19... Wait, guess how many episodes? Oof, Wait, 19... let me give you the years. Well, actually, that would sort of... No, don't give me the years. 1964. I'm going to guess it was on for five, seven years. I'm going to guess um, 108 episodes. Yeah, very short uh, run for Underdog. Only 62 episodes mm. from 64 right. to 67. Okay. And then in syndication until 73. So it wasn't even on TV at all after 1973. So why should we be aware of it? Very strange. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the Macy's balloons, though, are, are very like old school characters. But characters that were around for such a short period of time, how shouldn't you need? I feel like like to qualify for the Hall of Fame, you have to play ten years in baseball. Uh-huh. To qualify for the parade, you got you got to be on TV for more than three years. That's true. Um, the, it's now, the first episode of Underdog seems to be episode three hundred one. Why did it yes. start with season three? What does that I even am, mean? I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, there was a 2007 film. Did you know that? Yes, yes, I did. One Nation uh, Underdog. Oh no, I didn't know that part. What but yeah, the, uh, no, it was a huge was flop, I believe. Um, let's see the, uh, the reception, uh, 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> that sounds like a flop. Yes. And grossed 40, uh, um, 65 million total globally. Uh, and what did it cost? Give us a number. Let's see. Budget 25. Okay. So it made a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Running time, 82 minutes. I like that. I want to be in and out. My number one rule for movies, it should be under 90 minutes, by the way. Okay. Underdog, by the way, if you're starring, uh, Seinfeld's own Patrick Warburton. Yes. Yes. I can do that. Uh, yes, uh Along with Jim Pelushi, Peter Dinklage, John Slattery. Did not yeah. know that. Samantha B, I think, was in it as well. Is, uh, uh, I don't see her listed. Um, right. Jason Lee. Um, I don't know that Jason Lee's a different guy. All right. Anyway, so that's Underdog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is Underdog. Um, oh, there is also a Thanksgiving episode of Underdog. I wonder if in that one there is uh, like a Chandler balloon. That was a bunch of Thanksgiving episodes. Simon says no Thanksgiving. Hmm, should watch that. Oh, well. Um, okay, so we, we go back to Monica's. Ross is now reporting back to the group. Um, he wants some belly-talking time. Phoebe, of course, believes in this stuff. He offers to demonstrate um, that, you know, that it works by suggesting that Ross put his head into a turkey 
and see if they can hear him talk. Yeah. Now, this is a pretty uh, fat Easter egg about the idea of putting a turkey on your head. Yeah. Very bizarre. Yes. <laughs> it must be a thing that the Monica and Ross just do in their family. Yeah. So you think this is probably just something that like from somebody once did that like, like or that somebody once saw like one of the one of the writers that they clearly keep going back to the well on this because it's like they mentioned it here. And then I think in the the more famous place that it happens, it happens twice. Yes. Monica does it. Um and then wait, Joey gets scared the second time, right? The first time <laughs> is for Chandler's benefit, right? I think so, yes. Yeah. Um, so you think it actually happened in the writer's room? I was actually wondering if maybe somehow a couple of years later they're reminiscing about this throwaway line from this episode of Laughing, like, hey, what if we actually do that? I thought they were referencing themselves. <sighs> maybe. I feel like there was no such thing as that back then. Yeah, yeah. I continue to give too much credit to the <laughs> They didn't remember some throwaway line that nobody saw since then. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I rem- do you remember when YouTube first started? It was like 2005. And I remember that YouTube was um, so like limited that Bill Simmons wrote a column, the 30 best videos on YouTube. Because <laughs> at the time, like that was a thing. There was eight. Like, there was only 80 videos. Yeah. So, yeah, he was ranking them, um, which, uh, you know, just sounds absurd today, obviously. But um, yeah, so I, I continue to forget, I guess, that uh, in 1994. The, uh, the these uh, concepts are not yet possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Rachel comes in. She's sad. Turns out she doesn't have enough money to go. And Monica's like, well, why don't you look in the mail? And she has to keep forcing the issue until we realize that among the things that Rachel has in the mail is money. Money given to her by her friends, uh, mm-hmm. including Ross, who owes Monica $20. Um, so it, it, Ross keeps, uh, getting, uh, volunteered for things, right? He, yes. Birthday parties, chipping in all sorts of stuff. Well, I'm sure he's happy to chip in to Rachel. Um, although he's chipping in to ship her away. So maybe not. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and then, um, Monica hands Chandler her, her a, a bag with, with his Thanksgiving, uh, traditional dinner, which includes no. tomato soup, grilled cheese, and Funyuns. I don't know why Monica. Why did Monica have to, yeah, buy them. Chandler's groceries for him? I didn't really understand that. Yeah, well, yeah. she seems to be the uh, mother hen, so I think she yeah, sure. uh, she wears that as uh, with honor. So, yes. um, so here's where Rachel is finally like, so what's the deal? What's with this whole like anti-Thanksgiving shtick you have? And everyone's like, oh God, here we go. And Chandler explains that it was when he was nine years old and it was Thanksgiving and he had a mouthful of pumpkin pie. And it was at this moment that his parents decided to tell him that they would be getting divorced. Yeah. And ever since then, he has always hated Thanksgiving. Which is completely like his parents are tremendous assholes to like announce their divorce to their child on a holiday, knowing that you'll scar that holiday for the rest of the child's life. It's a very bad. It's a very bad thing to do. Yeah, it's given that this is the story. It's weird that he like earlier like drapes it in like oh, it's like this like pel- pilgrim. How like you you think it's gonna be like a political thing yeah. or like some like weird hippie yeah. uh, like hippie thing or something? Um, not just like a very just like personal like I have a you know childhood trauma from Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Um, okay. So then we uh we have we follow Joey as he is walking through a subway station. And he strikes up a conversation with a lovely woman that he used to work with. In fact, they both used to work at Macy's in the perfume and cologne spritzing department. Um, she did obsession. He did some other thing. Um, she was she, this, this woman, I believe, is a real um, perfume model of some sort. Hmm. And everything is going well. So, so do, having... we have to, do we have to add her to the club? Well, no, I don't think she's playing herself. Ah, okay. Um, and she's also, I think, credited as just like obsession woman. Oh, okay. So, like, I, I don't think she yeah, qualifies okay. by any standard. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's look up this this lady. What was her name? Well, let's start with what's her credit on Friends. Well, I was going. Yeah, going to yeah. Page. Um, let's see. So I should probably have past. these things open. Lara Harris. She is Obsession Girl. Lara Harris. Let's see what else she's been up to. Wikipedia. She's an actress. She's from Chicago. Mm-hmm. She was the face of Armani fra- Fragrance Geo. Oh, I, yeah. I think I have but, that. But not Obsession. Oh, the, the commercial she was in was directed by David Lynch. So David Lynch directed a commercial for cool. her Armani. Yeah, that's, <laughs> she was in. that's weird. All right. Um, so she's not playing okay. herself. Yeah. yeah, well, she, yeah, and she was in a bunch of stuff. 
Not a, not a lot, a lot, but she's. This but is she's not an like actor her. in movies starting in the nineteen eighties. Yeah, she's in about you know fifteen or twenty movies, probably all in small roles. She's in. Yeah. Uh, she's in two episodes of The Equalizer. That seems to be her most recurring television role. Everything else yes. is just one. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. Nothing else too exciting. Her. She was an episode of uh, ER as well. Yes, Sand and Water, one of my favorites. <laughs> okay, sure. Um. So everything seems to be going great. They're having a nice chat. Things are moving in a good direction until out of the corner of her eye, she sees a poster with one Joey Tribbiani's face on it, referring to him as Mario, who's not telling you something, namely mm-hmm. that he has VD. And she walks off. She doesn't even have a moment to spare with this yeah. lying Mario. Yeah, even though she herself being an actress, model actress, you know, within that uh, field, I feel like she w- it would be an opportunity for a laugh, and she'd say, "Oh, is this you?" And he'd say, "Yeah, you know, I got that gig," and she would understand. Yeah, but she should know that this, this that he doesn't yes. really have VD. Yeah. Um, she knows her acting works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but um, we no, cut. I, we, I had yeah. I had zero memory of this plotline of Friends, like Joey's face being the face of oh, really? all over New York City. Um, but also, by the way, zero recollection of the of the police song "Don't Stand So Close to Me," uh, which has a huge role in this episode. Yeah, you wait. You don't remember the song. Or you don't remember that it was in this episode. No, I I've heard the song. I didn't I didn't associate <laughs> the song with this episode. Is what I'm saying. Um. Yeah. I guess I probably don't, didn't. But remember I'm that also either. sort of surprised now because it's not a song I think about frequently that this song didn't play a bigger role during COVID. Um. That's true. Good call. Like, don't Good stand call. so close to me. Seems like a, a pretty uh, easy call. Uh, call. description of how we were all supposed to behave. Yeah. So we get that. we get this great montage of you know increasingly bigger and bigger signs. Yes. Um, Including, you know, from ending with like a Times Square, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, you know, we once um, we had um, a uh, habit when we used to go to Mets games. Me and some of my friends, uh, including uh, front of the podcast AB Sutton, he probably recalls this story. Um, and we we would used to bring a whiteboard, which we would use to get free tickets to get into the game. Uh, because what we would do is we would stand by the place where people would walk in off the train and we would just write on our sign, we need free tickets and people would give us tickets. It was actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but and then since we had a whiteboard, we would um, use it during the game to write stick. And there was a guy on like the Mets party patrol who would like throw out like the T-shirts and all, you know, various hijinks throughout the game. And his name was Vic. And to get his attention once we wrote on our sign, Vic has VD. <laughs> and it worked. He got we got his attention, and he laughed. Oh, he did. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. He found the whole thing humorous. Oh, okay, good. I think we, I think we were trying to get his attention, and he, he didn't give us a T-shirt. So then we wrote Vic has VD. Oh, oh, so then he laughed. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so um, he comes into Central Park, and uh, everyone's laughing, um, presumably at him. And yes, it is at him. Um, after all, laughter can be infectious. Mm-hmm. And these, uh, this little uh, piece here ends with him walking into Monica, seemingly later that day or the next day, to inform them that he's no longer welcome at the Tribbiani Thanksgiving dinner because yes. his whole family thinks he has VD. Uh, of course. Which, which yeah. begs the question, what goes on at the Tribbiani Thanksgiving dinner? Well, we've seen all those sisters, so who knows? Yeah, so I mean, Ross yeah. and Monica may want to step aside. We have <laughs> uh, much more going on in the Tribbiani Thanksgiving Yeah. Um, by the way, I do notice Monica here is wearing a cross. Oh, is that so? All yeah. Right. So, you know, we've speculated about uh, the the Hanukkah armadillo, the part Jewish friend, how, what, how much, what part? And maybe it's only 50% here um, among Ra, Ra, Ross and Monica. Yeah, um, I guess that probably tracks, right? Like Elliot Gold is Elliot Gould He's a Jew. Is a Jew. Yes. Um, yeah, the British one is not, probably not a Jew. Yeah, they're um, British. Uh, isn't she British? The actress? I think so. I thought so. What's her name? Christina. Oh, I don't I mean, it, it's sort of a high handed accent, I guess, but it, seems, it reminds me of sort of mid-Atlantic, you know, mid-century Atlantic, whatever that that accent was called, like Lauren Bacall or whatnot. Yep. She's British. She's British. Oh, OK. So she's very bad at doing an American accent, then perhaps. She's and then from she's New Yorkshire. She does not have a. Uh, oh, well, now she's in New York, so she should get out of uh, mm. uh, old Yorkshire because, uh, yeah, she does not sound like she's from Long Island at all. Although, as want, said, no one here does. So, Do you want to guess if uh, her parents were important people? I will guess that they were. She was the daughter of Arthur Pickles, the mayor of Halifax. Arthur Pickles, the mayor yeah. of Halifax. That's great. That's right. Yeah. Pickles for Halifax. 
<laughs> was Pickles um, a uh, a conservative or a labor? Tory? Uh, he was in the Liberal Party. The Liberal Party. Oh, the pre- oh the predecessor that was the Liberal Party was like the early like the late nineteenth century like Victorian era, wasn't it? I don't emerge. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know my uh, British politics that well. Okay. So poor Joey, he has to join the uh, Friendsgiving now that's uh, being formed here. Yeah. So yeah, we uh... is Friendsgiving a term invented by the show Friends? Um, I mean, obviously, I don't not know. On this episode. Yeah, I don't think so. Maybe. Well, there's a lot of Friends Thanksgiving episodes. Yes. Um. So yeah, it's Thanksgiving Day. The parade's getting started. We get shots of the balloons for I think it was Smokey the Bear, and then the tit- the titular underdog. By the way, the earliest use of Friendsgiving is from a tweet, which I don't even need to tell you the year because obviously it, it postdates Friends. Mm-hmm. Yes. Only 2007. I would have guessed Friendsgiving was much more common than that. Oh, Underdog has a wiki a page on the Macy's Thanksgiving wiki. Oh, okay. Right, and we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to get to yeah, that. We'll, we'll come back to that. Okay. Um, so Monica is getting the food ready. Ross is still sad that, you know, it's, things are still not quite the same as mom's. This is when Monica starts berating him and kicks him out of the kitchen where he's starting to say now it feels a little bit closer. Yeah. Um, Rachel's got her ticket. She's got her bag. She's ready to go. And Chandler continues to be grumpy and bitter in the spirit of the day. And Joey's like, wait a second, where's the tater tots? And we find out that Joey expects tater tots the way that his mom makes them because he likes having like, you know, a bite of turkey or a little bit of cranberry sauce and a little bit of a tot. And Monica's like, you know what? I'm in a giving mood. This year, Thanksgiving will feature potatoes, both with lumps and in the form of tots so that everyone will be happy. Now, is she making them from scratch? Because otherwise you got to go to the grocery store to buy the, you know, the tater tots the frozen, frozen bag. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think she's making them from scratch. Yeah. That's okay. Implication. Um, Phoebe has a little bit of a different idea because she's already whipped the potatoes because she wants them to be the way that her mom used to make, you know, before she died. So she would like some whipped potatoes with peas and onions. Or I guess mashed potatoes, right? That's what she really wants. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> So Monica's like, okay, there shall be three types of potatoes. And Rachel is about to head out. She's about to, you know, run to the airport when Chandler comes storming in with the dramatic news that Underdog has gotten away. And he encourages everyone to run to the roof so they could watch this once in a lifetime experience. Hmm. Um, okay, so let's see if there's anything interesting on this Underdog wiki page i probably should have read this earlier um 1984 he made his final appearance um he was retired and it stowed away at macy's parade studio in hoboken that is funny that they store all these old balloons <laughs> for how long at what point do they uh, throw it out um i don't know right like uh, underdog like underdog hasn't been used in, in 40 years now oh he was discarded in 2005 Oh, okay. All right. So 21 yeah. years. So that's uh, that's the statute of limitations. Yeah. No, um, no, uh, no comeback. And just a little too soon because then the movie comes out 2007, we said. So too bad. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so I know we've been talking a little bit about the continuity in season mm-hmm. one. Yes. And this was something that somebody mentioned a few episodes ago. I think it might have been Elizabeth Berry who mentioned it in the postman a few episodes ago, though, mm-hmm. that in the one with the East German laundry detergent, yeah. they mentioned, someone mentions in passing, underdog getting away. Really? That's something that has happened in the past. Oh, wow. Well, we've already established Elizabeth knows more about the show than than any well than anyone. Than yes. Yeah. Um, and then according to the Friends Wiki to the fandom, whatever this site is called, Rachel also did not yet have the the Rachel haircut in that episode. So I think that very strongly we can conclude that this episode, that episode was intended to come after this one. Mm-hmm. That episode is also, I would say, other than the pilot, the primary episode where we get like a Ross overtly acting on Rachel. Yeah, I think for the Rachel Ross narrative, that makes much more sense because the date he asked her on a date, they go on the date, they look, she see he sees her underwear, they kiss each other. Like, yeah, that all makes sense to not have happened yet. So, yeah. So if we take so now, the question out, is, why did they put that episode up there at all? That's a good call. Who the hell knows? Um 
yeah, like the Joey never going to happen. Like all these, yes. Um, the- and then you could, because then really, I think the only other place we really have anything is the pilot, when which he like, her, he can ask show, her and, yeah, yeah, and like that, like shows like disregard pilots all the time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they're like far in advance. So I've been convinced. Um. Yeah. So the, so, but now again, the question is, why did they move that episode forward? Yeah. Um, and it's a pretty it's a pretty popular iconic episode. And so I wonder, did they need to bring up the big guns? Or, but did, did they know it was gonna be a big episode? Yeah. How would they know? They, well, maybe they were told we need more romance between these two. You got to stick something up. You know, you got to reorder this a little bit. And so they rejigger it. You know, they maybe cut do a couple edits. Of the episode. Yeah. And they well, throw let's this see. I'm going to look on that, that page now. Um, is that the, the I mean, you know, not to spoil things for uh, Alex Horvitz, but that's the only kiss until like the big dramatic kiss right in the you know the i think so i think yeah, so okay. um yeah on this one it just says monica tells the story of underdog having problems at the parade although this doesn't happen until four episodes later okay um, it, says, it says on that page um but yeah i don't now i'm I not do seeing anything that something, explains something yeah. that sort of surprised me a little bit so after this episode nbc will be off we'll have three off weeks we come back december 15th four weeks later right yeah and then we come back for just the one episode, which is the episode that we will do our next podcast on, the one with the monkey. And then we're gone until January, right? We're gone for another um, uh, three weeks. So they have one episode in a seven-week span. Is it possible that maybe they thought there was going to be another episode airing like in December or something like that? And so that's why Germ- I don't, I'm just speculating because it is weird yeah. to have one episode in seven weeks, I think. Well, they, they always used to do that. They would go away and then yeah. they would come back after the holidays. But, then, but would they come back for like a one week in between Thanksgiving and Christmas? That I didn't remember. Yeah, probably not. If anything, that's the aberration is that it came back for a week more rather yeah. than that. It was away yeah, for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, what, what we will see, though, is a very big spike in the ratings, I think, after the that winter break, that like holiday break. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. presumably they were airing reruns or, or and marketing the hell out of it. And on those Thursdays. It must be because I wonder the, if they showed East jump. German folk art again on the 22nd or the 29th. That would be funny. Um, we can find out. Um, but yeah, let's uh, oh, maybe already the weeks after this week. Yeah. 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 That could be um, six empty weeks. They could have showed it on. In fact, with six empty weeks, they could have shown almost every episode and maybe they did. Show, yeah. I don't even. Yeah. Know. They may have. They may yeah. have. Um, okay. So they all run to the roof and as they're heading out, Monica calls out in what's clearly done in, in the show in an ambiguous way. Um, I wonder if you have a preferred hearing of what was said here, um, where she says, got the keys, and they all leave, and the door locks behind them. So do you think this is just clearly ambiguous, or do you hear one versus the other? Well, on the first watch, I don't notice it, of course. Mm-hmm. But what's you, what's your analysis? So, I mean, I think that this is just well done in terms of it's vague they, enough to go. They, either they way. do it vague enough that it could go yeah. either way. I don't think anyone yeah. is right or wrong here based on what she says. Like yeah. you hear like the little inflection of got the keys at the very end. Yeah. But like it's not enough that like she should have been confident <laughs> that Rachel had the keys. Yes. Agreed. Um, also, like I feel like this door has never been locked once in the next 10 years. So like it's quite convenient that it gets locked this time. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so Ross is back over at Carol's and he's trying to get psyched up to talk to the baby and he's completely losing interest. He thinks it's stupid until Carol reminds him, you know, it's not a big deal. It's not a competition with Susan, which, of course, it is. So that that, you know, regains his interest. Um, Worth pointing out, this is now also the first time that we have Carol being portrayed by Jane Sibbett, who Mm. would play her. Hold it for the duration. The duration of the series. Yeah. Um. And so, you know, Ross starts going on and on about his whole life and what he was going to major in and how he turns out turned out to be a paleontologist. Now, is paleontology even a major in college? (laughs) Um, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, maybe it is at like some schools. I I mean, I remember on the SATs, there was like a box to check or like when you were filling in like the stuff about yourself and it asks what your possible major was in college. So I read through the list. I looked at all the options of which there were many, many, many. I was like, oh, genetics. That sounds interesting. So I chose genetics, even though to to have an undergraduate major in genetics, I don't think, you know, I, I would doubt there's a school in America where you can do that. Uh-huh, but um, yeah. and I would guess similarly about paleontology, but maybe I'm wrong. Yes. And then Ross continues um, talking to the fetus. He starts singing the theme to the monkeys. Yes. Now, is this a nod to next week's episode? It might be, although it's spelled differently. Yes. Um but I don't know if there's a band who spells monk- called the monkeys with a Y. 
There probably uh, is. Now later, of course, Ross will have another baby whose favorite song is Baby Got Back. <laughs> True. So, yeah, the monkeys. Um, yeah, a lot of music in this episode. We got the police. We got the monkeys. Yeah, very musical episode. Yes. Um. So, yeah, so Susan comes in. Yeah, they, they sing together. They uh, the baby starts to kick and they all share a very nice moment together. The, the big the nicest moment they've shared since the sonogram. Yes. And so now we all um, return to the apartment. Um, they're all like very excited about what they just saw. Phoebe doesn't think shooting him down was necessary. And it's at this point that we find out that Monica believed she was asking, got the keys and Rachel heard got the keys. Yes. Obviously, very different things. I do love when um, the the script, and this is obviously not official, but whoever you know puts these scripts together online, the script says for that line, it says, "Monica got the keys!" Exclamation point or got the keys? Question mark. There you go. And Rachel says, "Okay,", <laughs> okay. which also uh, provides no uh, help there. Yeah. So they're locked out of the apartment and trapped inside are Rachel's key stuff and Monica's cooking Thanksgiving dinner in the oven. Well, it's her, it's her ticket. It's her flight. It's the ticket to the plane that she needs mostly. Right. And, and also all her stuff. But yeah. Yeah. But we saw like, her sort of make a point of taking her ticket and put it down on the counter, which as soon as she did, I was like, oh, well, she's not coming back in here. <laughs> yeah. Um. Right. I guess if she didn't have the stuff, she could just go and, and figure it out. Yeah. At least she would I, be I thought there. They, so she sort of very ostentatiously puts the ticket down and, and you know, it's getting lost <laughs> or it's getting thrown out or yeah, something. Check out stick it. Yes. Um, yeah. So Joey and Chandler are like, oh, we have the key. But the problem is they also have thousands of other keys. Yes. And as they go through them one by one. Tensions continue to boil, and Monica and Wright, Rachel are just bickering back and forth about whose fault this is and who screwed up war. And eventually, Monica has just like a complete, overwhelming breakdown. She starts lashing at her friends about how you know I put my you know I put you guys all ahead of me. Um, I have to make three types of potatoes. Um, why am I responsible for anything? Does anyone even care about what type of potatoes I want? What about Monica? Have you all ever met a neat lady? And by the time they get in, everything's been burnt. Rachel has missed her flight. And Ross comes in, humming jolly along. And um, he's like, this is not what mom smells like. <laughs> and um, a whole big fight breaks out because everyone's complaining. Joey is the one who crosses the line and says, you know, this was nobody's first choice. And um, Chandler chimes in. Well, now this feels like Thanksgiving. Yes. It? Um, so we get a little bit of a time lapse. Um, everyone's kind of just like uh, sitting around, still moping about. Um, no one's really talking. And it's at this moment that Phoebe spots across the hall, not across the hall, across the way. Ugly naked guy is enjoying his Thanksgiving turkey with a surprise guest. Ugly naked gal. Um, so, yeah, we have to update our uh, our ugly naked guy because now this is our fourth ugly naked guy yes and then they do some what is called ugly naked dancing which oh, yes i take extreme offense to naked dancing two thumbs up by far the best of their um the the naked activities that ugly naked yeah um i would say dancing turkey and dancing it might even be good naked well uh, well turkey i'm not so sure about the turkey part it's supposed to be an aphrodisiac isn't it but i don't know if no, it, put, it makes you sleep is it aphrodisiac oh, oh yeah it makes oh yeah oh, wait so what is it that makes you oh yeah what what's the one that makes you oh is that oysters Maybe. Yeah, turkey has the trick to fan. Yeah, that's also from Seinfeld, of course. Yes, that way you fall asleep. But I don't know if eating any uh, eating any meat, salted, cured or not, um, is is erotic <laughs> for me personally. Okay, but, so um, we're gonna stick with bad naked. Sitting at the Thanksgiving table eating is probably well. <laughs> if it's only the two of you, you can you know you can uh, find. So I, I would say that's neutral naked. I'm gonna go with good naked here because I feel like this is about the best we're gonna get. Well, naked dancing that's extremely good. So are we doing both as one? The whole the whole description. Yeah. Then it's, yes. Naked dancing is the best kind of dancing that there is, right? <laughs> the goal of dancing is simulated sex. So removing the clothes is expediting the process. Well, that's the opposite of a Jewish tradition where the worst thing that you want to avoid is mixed dancing. Why that's do you why want to avoid they, that? That's why, you, that's why they say you can't have sex standing up because it could lead to mixed dancing. Oh, is that a joke? I missed. Sorry. I mean, it's a famous joke. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, sounds very nice. Um, so yeah, so we have now um four instances of ugly naked guy. Yes. Two instances of little naked Ross, and yes. one instance of ugly naked gal. Oh, we're keeping track. Okay. 
I think we. I don't think we need to get. Does little just, naked was, Ross and then big naked Ross later on when he's with ugly naked guy is that the same or count it differently? No, that's a different person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So they all sit down and enjoy a traditional Thanksgiving feast of grilled cheese, and Chandler gives a toast as everyone and- realizes that their friendships are more important than missed flight STDs and burnt dinners. Mm. Why was Chandler the one handing out the sandwiches? Did he go buy them from a store? Because they're like in a bag. I think because that's his. It's like this is his tradition. Oh, oh, right. oh Monica giving it to him. Maybe he cares. Yeah, she must have made he, quite a. His tradition number. is to blow yes. off traditional Thanksgiving and have grilled cheese. So yeah. now they're yeah. all sharing in his tradition. Yes. Okay. I got um, it. pretty good stinger here. I w- this is, I think, unique in what we've had so far in that it's kind of just this. Like it's not even like a scene. It's just like a joke. It's like a gag. Yeah, it, it's it's almost like um, um, Fraser always did, um, you know, without yeah, without, uh, without words, right? Words, yeah, just music. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's, it's a, and it's a very weird one. It's like kind of like hyper realistic. Um, yeah. So I wrote down what all the all the things are on the signs. Okay, let's hear. Okay, so the first one is um, well, uh, after the like the main the first the one the one underneath the first one underneath is bladder control problem, which is better than VD, I think, right? Um. It, well, it depends for what purpose, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But in terms of somebody seeing it and thinking it's you, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not getting a lot more ladies than VD, probably. Yes, okay. Uh, then the next one now, this one was very difficult because I couldn't see it over the credits. Yes, I, had a, I, I agree, had I, re- I recall this. Yes, I yeah. had to Google it. It said, Stop wife beating. <laughs> okay, now, stop wife beating. Why does that have like a picture of a smiling man like doing eyes at the camera? Would be a very strange choice, but whatever. So then he pulls it. And the next one says hemorrhoids with a question mark. And then, of course, he ends off with winner of three Tony Awards. Mm-hmm. And that, that one he'll accept. That one he'll accept. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. So, it, yeah, it's 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 interesting that the, the other ads have specifically in that place. Other yes, diseases. of course. <laughs> hyper-realistic, as you said. Yes. Um, um, yeah, I don't think hyper-realistic is the right word. But, yeah. So. And, and, and also that he can rip it off and that it rips perfectly, et cetera. Yeah, et cetera. of course. Of course. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Right. Now, of course, anyone who comes is going to see it's like, wait, but this poster is like much. It's like far behind. And like, what's going on here? Three-dimensional uh, poster observers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's my... He's my best friend. I will. Uh, who is your best friend? Uh, my best friend is Monica. She, you know, takes the lead. She's making dinner for everyone. She's, you know, everyone has a seat at her table. Um, I think she's uh, an easy choice this week. Okay. Well, my best friend is Ugly Naked Gal. Uh huh. Where has she been this whole time? She sounds <laughs> awesome. They sound like an awesome couple. They do everything together naked. Yeah. And I'm very happy for Ugly Naked Guy. I don't think we're going to see a lot more of Ugly Naked Girl, unfortunately, uh, Gal, unfortunately. But um, she sounds great, and I'm glad that Ugly Naked Guy has with her with him for Thanksgiving. You're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. The fucking asshole, on the other hand, we have. So so Chandler's parents, I said this before, they're pretty big assholes to forever ruin Thanksgiving for him. But my fucking asshole is Rachel's boss, because if she's like such a terrible waitress, then fire her. And if you're not firing her, then like giving an employee a hundred dollar advance around the holidays seems pretty reasonable. And to refuse that seems like a dick move. So again, either she's so bad, fire her. But if you're not firing her, give her the hundred bucks, man. Come on. Not a, she's not even asking for it as a gift. She's just saying advance it for my salary. So not a fan of Terry. Okay. Um, my fucking assholes are the Tribbianis for not mm-hmm. understanding how either acting works or STDs. Yeah. Or both, possibly, yeah. Or possibly both. <laughs> he doesn't have STDs, and if he did, wouldn't affect you. Yes. I hope. Yeah, as you said, let's let's find out what's actually happening at that Thanksgiving yeah. dinner. Why it's dinner for six, five steaks, and an eggplant for Phoebe. What about are you uh, handing out steaks and eggplants at your Thanksgiving dinner? I certainly am. Um, I'll follow my own lead um, with best friend, and I'll uh, I'll give three to Monica, one for each type of potatoes. I will then give uh, one to Ross for getting the nice moments with uh, the fetus. Um, I'll give one to Chandler for being right about Thanksgiving, even though I love Thanksgiving, but in this instance, he's, uh, his position prevails. And then I'm going to say the eggplant goes to Rachel, um, for missing the flight for forgetting the keys and for generally just being poor. You got an eggplant because you're poor. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you can use it. That's funny. Yeah. All right. I'm going to give Ross a steak as well. 
for okay. singing to his baby, even if he's only doing it out of jealousy of Susan. I mean, you have Joey a steak for a citywide ad campaign. That's awesome. Way to go, Joey. Proud of you. I'm going to give a steak to Chandler. He saves Thanksgiving dinner with the grilled cheese sandwiches. So good job, Chandler. A steak to Monica. She tries so hard to give everyone a nice Thanksgiving, and that's appreciated. And a steak for Rachel for the whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And an eggplant for Phoebe, not as an insult, but because that's what she would want. On Thanksgiving, <laughs> all I want is for everyone to be happy. All right. One for One everybody, for except Phoebe yeah. gets the eggplant. Yeah, but okay. not a negative eggplant. It's, a, it's not an insult. It's a positive eggplant. Right? Well, we, we still score them the same. It's an eggplant the way it was intended by Monica in the quote that we uh, right. referencing. Right, yes. right. Yes. Not, not the way that you do it, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it's probably time for the postman. Postman! Uh, postman! Uh, come uh, here! here Tell the okay. neighborhood! I guess there was some screw up at the damn post office. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the U.S. Post Office. No, more like U.S. Lost Office. <laughs> what are they, Irish? Hashanda! Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew! So we start off The Postman this week with Amir Bednarsh, who says, I'm a sucker for Thanksgiving episodes, and I thought this was a pretty great one with a classic heartwarming ending. I also love that Phoebe threw the idea out of someone putting a turkey on their head, which will famously come up in a few years. I give it a 4.0 rating. A few notes. What exactly is Rachel's schedule here? She's supposed to fly to Vail on Thanksgiving afternoon. Yeah, I was wondering that too. Yeah, she's she's going way too late. Uh, we should have we should have talked about that. Well, so um, but this speaks to your argument that, that that it's a last second thing, right? That the whole episode is last minute. Yeah, and also that uh, you know I, I've flown many. I think you know Thanksgiving morning, many people fly, and you're flying west. Now it turns out Rachel's flight seems to be much later in the afternoon. But if you yeah yeah if you fly early in the morning, you can land, and it's still early in the morning there. But yes, um, she seems to be leaving later in the afternoon so but maybe it was the only flight she could find right she's trying to buy it herself it's only a hundred dollars so yeah he also he also points out there are no direct flights from any new york city airport to Vail, which means that this is like a six to seven hour trip so, so that, um, she's definitely missing thanksgiving yeah. I, I think the, the, those flights are seasonal so if mm. so i mean I, i'm not 100 percent positive but i know that there's a lot of for major hubs they have seasonal flights to places for skiing for example um, but they they wouldn't have it in the summer. So, but to Amir's point, or to my earlier point, actually, if if she's trying to spend a hundred bucks, then for sure, yeah, the flight to Vail, if there even is one, is much more expensive. So I would say uh, she's flying to Denver, and then yeah, I don't know how she's getting from Denver to Vail because she only has a hundred bucks, so she can't rent a car, she can't take a cab. So yeah, these are all good questions. Good job. Yeah, she probably should have just married Barry. Sounds like. Well, if the goal was whoosh whoosh whoosh, then yeah. Yeah. When Rachel's asking for tips, she says, excuse me, sir, you come in here all the time. She's obviously a terrible waitress if she doesn't know the names of her regulars. Ross is reading a magazine called Anthropology Weekly in the mm. coffee shop, which is great shtick. Good. When Chandler yeah. asks the gang how often a balloon gets away, Phoebe responds, almost never, which according to the nurse in last week's episode is also how often someone comes back from the dead. Very true. This almost never happens. Do we think this is some kind of inside joke by the writers or just a coincidence? Um, if it's a coincidence, I would say it's a small coincidence. There are no big and small coincidences. Well, yeah, there are. Yeah. Um, By the way, okay. I, I checked. I wanted to see was Anthropology Today a real magazine, and I'm sure it is because why would they go to the effort of you know making a fake? Making a fake one. Yes, but um, <laughs> yes. Established. Guess what year Anthropology Today was established? Uh, 1974, obviously. Oh, 1985. Pretty good. But I would have guessed like 1920. I was shocked it's so recent. <laughs> There you go. Well, you know, Anthropology is only recently in vogue. Yeah, and then the obvious question, of course, for you, Av, is how many episodes have there been? Of anthropology, yeah. Um, yeah. There's been uh, well, it's still in circulation um, until I think about 2014. Um, so 40 oh, years I... <laughs> times 50 is uh, 2,000 issues. Yeah. Where are you right now? Where am I? I'm in my office. No, I'm saying like, are are you like what website are you reading from? <laughs> you have oh, I'm your... not. I'm making. I'm making this up. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Okay. Elizabeth Berry writes in and says, "Hi, Avin Alex. What's the best way to have potatoes?" I prefer slight lumps at Thanksgiving, but tots are the best side potatoes. Um, I'm a big fan of tater tots. I'm also a big fan of hash browns. I like um, I'm a big fan of sweet potatoes, yams. Mm -hmm. um, you know, potatoes are really good in many different forms. It's one of the great things about them. Yeah, there, there's no, there's no way to have a bad potato. Every single one of the things you just said is amazing. You, I mean, obviously, I haven't even mentioned French fries or there, right, there's, right. There's, there's, there's endless good um, potatoes. Yeah. I um, guess have the, you considered... best, the best would probably be like really, really good, like uh, like steak cut French fries. Yeah, yeah, those those are those are excellent. But yeah, yeah. potatoes they're they're good yeah. baked, they're good fried, Hash they're browns, good in all sorts of different yeah, forms. Yeah, yeah, carbs are good. 
have you considered putting your head in a turkey? Is this a reference to the season five Thanksgiving episode? Yes. I'm assuming the producers were not planning that far in advance, and it's just coincidence. Yeah. Where does Rachel keep her ski, ski gear in that tiny apartment? Well, they do have humongous rooms. Um, maybe it's in the the secret closet. We'll find out about later. Oh, well, she she was carrying her own ski gear, right? Yeah. So that's a good. Yeah, she's not renting there. Or, or so yeah. yeah, that's a good question. How how often is she wish wish wishing? I guess pretty frequently. Uh, or she used to. I don't know if she is anymore. Yeah, to, to um, own your own skis. You got to be going, you know, every, every why, a couple of times at least. Why does the door lock? It's canonically known that Rachel and Monica's door is always open. Uh, yeah, we kind of discussed it. Why does it automatically lock? Yeah, it shouldn't. Yeah. Um, the, so, yeah, the little circle button on the inside that you push. Yeah. Why would that have been pushed in the opposite direction? Now, maybe the answer is because. No, that doesn't make any sense. I was thinking like, well, because Thanksgiving, they thought they were going to be gone all weekend. So they were preemptively locking it. But they've gone in and out multiple times since they've known that they're here for Thanksgiving. Or at least Monica has. Yeah, she asked, so, was it got yeah. the keys or got the keys? Yeah. I heard a question mark. Yeah, I, I, we discussed this. I think there's a very little question mark at the end um, that they put in to create the ambiguity. If you didn't have turkey for Thanksgiving, what would you prepare? Um, we frequently don't have turkey at our Thanksgiving meal um, because Scandalous. nobody likes it. I yeah. like turkey. Um, my go-to for Christmas is enchiladas. Well, I mean, um, that's like that's way off the uh, traditional line. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think people... the, if you're not having turkey, you would have another poultry, no, like a chicken or you'd have a brisket. Yeah, obviously. yeah, we always have some sort of meat and some sort of chicken. Yeah. Um, sometimes we add like a like a turkey roast type thing because people are more likely to eat that. And if we make a whole big turkey, it's like it, it, like ten percent of it goes. Mm. When there's all you're the inviting the wrong people meat. to your uh, Thanksgiving dinners, obviously. Maybe, yeah. Well, yeah. I agree with them. Um, she gives three and, 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 and then you have the sandwiches later. Oh, it's great. Three and a half moo points, not the best Thanksgiving episode for the stakes. She gives two to Monica for making dinner, two to Ross for singing to the baby, and one to Joey for landing the job as the model. The eggplant goes to Rachel for not listening to Monica about the keys, being such a crappy waitress, and the best friend is Monica for making everyone dinner, and the asshole is underdog. It's all his fault. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, okay, mediocre, fully clothed guy says this is a classic episode of Friends and really sets the precedent of iconic Thanksgiving episodes. My only qualm is with the Friends potato preferences. Can we all agree that grilled cheese and tomato soup would be way better than any Thanksgiving spread that has mashed potatoes with peas and onions? No, um, it, gr it, grilled cheese and tomato good. soup is delicious. It's very good, yes, but no, they're, they're, um, it's different. It's like saying, can we all agree that like wearing a swimsuit is better than wearing like a suit? And no, I, I don't think well, you can really compare those two. Oh, I agree with that. Wearing a suit is terrible. Wearing a swimsuit is fine. Yeah, but it depends um, on okay. the context. Um, right. If you're, if you're wearing, wearing, nothing but, uh, wearing nothing but, uh, you know, a banana hammock, I think it might be a little bit awkward. Yeah, I always think it's weird that, like, if I was standing on my front lawn wearing a pair of jeans and no shirt, like, I would be arrested, right? But, like, if I, if I just remove my jeans and put on a bathing suit instead, which is less clothes, then that would be fine. Oh, so we obviously uh, strenuously disagree on this one. Because <laughs> I walk around in my underwear always, if that. And the argument is, it's the exact same as a swimsuit, a hundred percent. Like when when I do when I like do my like um, yard work, I'm wearing nothing but underwear. It's hot and sweaty. No, sh no shirt. Of course not. It's hot and sweaty. Of course not. Okay. I mean, I mean, if it's like if it's a hot summer day, if it's if it's like the fall or the spring, maybe I'm wearing a shirt. But like when it's hot right, outside, right. what? And as yep. you just said, what's the difference between that and a swimsuit? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Um, when yeah, I, but I feel I, like I, if you were walking around in just like in a pair of jeans and no shirt, like people would think you're mentally ill. Walking around, yeah, but on your front yard, I think it's fine. Even on your front yard, if like you, if you saw, if you walked by someone's house and they came out to get the newspaper and they were wearing no shirt and yeah. just a pair of jeans, you'd be like, "What's wrong with that guy?" So I went, shirt I, I went to a concert, and granted, it's a concert, and there was a guy as we were walking into the stadium uh, um, a couple days ago, walking right in front of us who was wearing jean shorts, not jeans, but jean shorts, and nothing else. And by nothing else, I mean no shoes, no shirt. No, I once went to a concert now, with this, someone who was not wearing is, a shirt. This is before we've entered the concert. By the way, it's going to be pretty cold that evening. Um, the the no shoes. This was not like a, a fish concert or, or you know some uh, sort of a more hippieish band. The no shoes was very surprising. The no shirt less surprising. Yeah, we once paid a friend to to take off his shirt at a concert. But take according to him, we concert. then yeah. Yes. According to him, we then didn't pay him, um, which <laughs> was a good deal for us. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Speaking of people who don't wear shirts, Kyle King. Hmm. says that Friends is, that is known for its Thanksgiving episodes. I have no idea. Yeah. And while this no, 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 is wait, so, uh, let song, me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what, day, what, what, what morning is your garbage picked up in your neighborhood? Um, it gets picked up Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Oh, three days a week. Look at you. Fancy, fancy. Um, yeah. All right. 
so okay what about recycling give me something a little less frequent uh i think once a week okay. uh, thursday okay thursday so it's wednesday night at midnight and you realize oh man we didn't take the recycling down to the curb are you getting all dressed up to do that no but i probably would i would probably have like a shirt on but no let's say you're lying about it or whatever I would probably, you know, I, I often wear a t-shirt to bed. Oh, so. Okay. Um, yeah. But, and I, I always have one nearby, so I would probably put one yeah, on. Cause I always take the garbage out uh, late at night and always wearing just my underwear. So if any, why underwear though, just that why, why even wear bothered with underwear? <laughs> because I can't, I can't be nude. Like, I mean, uh, why? Be- because this, uh, again, if I'm in my own yard uh, privately, I am nude. <laughs> I think that's well established. Yeah. Um, but if I'm dry, if I'm going out of the curb to the street to like the public, you know, I don't think it's appropriate to be naked in public. Although at that hour, the likelihood of anyone passing is very low. But to the extent very someone low. does pass, they're almost certainly my neighbor. They're going to see me naked and think, why is he walking around completely naked at midnight? That must be uh, so. Yeah, fine. Super lame. Yeah. But, but, um, but no, but the answer to the question goes back to the initial question, which is because it's the same as a swimsuit. Yeah. Yep. Um, Kyle says this episode is pretty silent. My biggest nitpick is how does Rachel only need a hundred dollars for a f- mm-hmm. ticket to Vail? Yeah. Monica looks the best in the episode as she's the only one who's not being incredibly selfish. Chandler gets the line of the episode for when Joey was talking about <laughs> way, Lyme as disease. You, as you started that sentence, Monica looks the best. I thought Kyle was commenting on their looks. Oh, uh, no, I didn't no, know no. we're ranking who's the hottest friend every week, but uh, oh, yeah. should we? Yeah, but well, Monica's pretty hot, so I was fine with that too. Um, yeah, Kyle likes my uh, opening intro line. Um, mm-hmm. He loves when he says, "I hope you get it to uh, Joey," um, and gives the episode three moves. Moo, moo, moo. Um, Beat Rose says that this is a pretty obvious Seinfeld imitation in this episode, where Phoebe tells Ross to put his head in the turkey only three years before the Seinfeld episode, where Kramer's head is on a <laughs> turkey in Newman's mind. Well, so Pretty Beat, fun Friends interaction. So yeah. I, I I get the joke Beat's making, but did Beat forget that there was literally a turkey on a head in, in Friends? Um, I don't know. Beat will have yeah. to weigh in. All right. Okay. Um, Pretty fun Friends interaction. The Raw stuff is a bit weird, and I still think we'll be all season. This felt like everyone together interacting and doing dinner, which was nice. For his stakes, he gives two to Ross, two to Chandler, one to Monica. Nobody other than Chandler really gets what they want. Ross is there for his son kicking which is nice, and Chandler gets a better Thanksgiving than he was hoping for. Monica does a good job making an initial meal, then adding to it, and then making the best of what's there. Eggplant goes to Joey because he's worried about his eggplant. The best friend is Chandler for sharing his meal with everyone. The asshole is Rachel's boss. If she's really the worst ever, he should probably not just have she. He should probably just fire her and not have her keep doing the job the same way. Okay, Jim Crumley says that this is another okay episode. I feel like it might be the weakest of the Thanksgiving episode, but I guess that we'll see. Three out of five. Come with guy is underdog, the best of the cartoon animal superheroes. Fucking asshole is Terry. Yes, Rachel is a terrible waitress, but he doesn't have to be so rude about it. He should get back to tormenting Alf. Oh, that's who that is. That's a good call. I didn't. Uh, I didn't <laughs> Eggplants and steak. Joey gets nothing. He got a good photography job, but then everyone thought that he has an AD. He has Monica to making potatoes, but they got wrecked. Rachel gets the eggplant. She got everyone to give her money for a trip to Vail, but then she missed the flight. And for Jim Steaks, he gives one to Chandler, who got tricked into going to Thanksgiving, but at least he got to eat grilled cheese. One steak to Phoebe for getting the, the gross potatoes, but getting an extra Thanksgiving. One steak to Monica for making dinner for everyone and keeping everyone together despite the mishaps. And two to Rost. He's the big winner. He got at least one first with his baby, the first kick. Okay. Okay. A couple more. We got Zach Brooks, who says Rachel is on salary as a coffee shop waitress, and it only takes $100 to get to Vail. Man, the 90s were great. <laughs> yeah. Eagle drop of the police, which we talked about. Steak for Phoebe's laughter can be infectious. And the eggplant to Joey's family for the absurd Thanksgiving uninvite. What the hell? The line about putting the turkey on your head was good future season foreshadowing. 3.5. But I have a pretty high bar for the Thanksgiving episodes. And we end off with Olin Allen, who says, It was a bit annoying that one of the end credit scenes jokes was blocked out by guest actors' names. The main one blocked out had to pause and focus a lot, but was stop wife beating. Yes, you did the research for us as well, Alex. A big step up from last episode, more confrontational and bitter, particularly enjoyed Chandler being standoffish at the Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, and on my fashion notes, I loved Phoebe's multicolored jacket. Wish she could do a walk in it. Also, this episode felt that Ross was portraying more homosexual stereotypes than Chandler, given their differing feelings to memories of holidays with the respective mothers. And he rates the episode 3.4 moves. He gives two stakes to Monica for managing dinner in the fuss, two to Chandler for standing up to the tyranny of forced festivities, <laughs> and one to Joey for getting the modeling job. The eggplant goes to Ross, whining for his ma- ma- mommy's cookies like a terrible baby. 
The best friend is Monica for doing everyone's request for Thanksgiving and not being too pushy on Chandler. The fucking asshole is Russ. His only reason to be anywhere near a present father is to try one up Susan. And no wonder Carol turns the other side on him, given how much he whines about everything not being exactly like how his dear mommy did things. And he gives the episode 3.8 moves. This is all a moo point. Huh. A moo point? Yeah. It's Moo. Yeah, and Owen's 3.8 is just a couple notches higher than where I have it. I have this episode as 3.6 Moo points. Um, Not the best Thanksgiving episode. I'm sure we'll have better ones to come. Uh, But across the board, a very solid, funny episode. Very memorable. Very iconic with Underdog. And that's where I have it. Uh, 3.6. How about you, Alex? Yeah, obviously, I uh, underdog much less iconic for me, and I'm a little bit lower than you. We will get better and better Thanksgiving episodes. And, you know, as I said, this one I didn't even remember as a Thanksgiving episode based on the title. Title, I thought, one of the least relevant parts of the episode completely lacks some Thanksgiving iconicness for me. And so I'm giving it just uh, 2.6 moo points. Let's just do our uh, overall ratings. We have an audience score of 3.53 with my 3.6, your 2.6. That makes this 3.24. That's, uh, you know, somewhere in the midi part of the curve for us. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. <laughs> well, next week, the show will take uh, four weeks off, as I mentioned earlier. And then we will come back with the one with the monkey. And the monkey, I do remember. You remember the monkey? Yes. Uh, we will meet Marcel. Okay, looking forward. See you next week, Marcel. Ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Get a life, Jude.